0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Coffee and Commas. This is Professor Chandler, and I'm hanging out today with
1: Professor Parker.
0: All right, guys, so what we're going to be talking about today is a formula that I learned a long time ago back in the ancient days when I took English 101, right?
1: Like three years ago.
0: Oh, please. No, it was like 20 years ago. So here's the thing. I actually, Wait, you
1: do realize that they weren't alive. Some I know, I know, alive. I
0: know. Well, I did or, say it was ancient times. Right, I didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> actually, I didn't have a cell phone until like five years ago, for real. Really? Yeah. Wow. And um, so I took this class with a, a gentleman named Dr. Ellis, and he was essentially a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I had him on his very last semester ever of teaching English, and I heard this guy never gives <clears throat> A's. Uh, So I was kind of up for a challenge. I knew I liked reading. I knew I liked writing. And I walked into his class, and the very first day, he gave us this little article. And it was from the opinion section of a newspaper. And it was essentially some kind of debate about parents and whether or not they should allow their children to be on the internet or something, right, or on the phone or some kind of technology thing. So, we had maybe 15, 20 minutes to read the little article, and then he asked us to write an essay right on the spot. And that was day one in English 101 with Dr. Ellis. So, I wrote what I thought was a really good essay, right? <laughs> I'm opinionated, guys. Like, I was born to argue. And I write this essay, and I leave and come back a couple nights later thinking I just hit it right out of the park. And you know what? I got to see. <laughs> Oh, wow. I got to see in my very first essay in an English class, and I tried to not let him see the bottom lip trembling. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, I just remember my entire world was shaken about what I thought good writing was. And but, you know, here's the thing. When I look back now at the way I would initially respond to an argument when someone says, I want you to make an argument Mm -hmm. and. What I've learned after all these years, but probably mostly in that very first class, he's right. Uh, I tackle essays in a completely different way than I did that very first time when I sat in that class. And he taught us this formula um, called Renskew that he had made up, right? And I've adapted it a little bit over the years and stuff. But uh, it's something I used all the way through my bachelor's degree. And all the way through my master's degree and uh, in today now, now I'm actually writing an article right now. And I always start with a piece of paper and I make a column that says Renskew and it's where my brainstorming starts. And I thank this guy, Dr. Ellis for teaching me this Right. right. So incidentally, Dr. Ellis was the person who invented the essay on your SAT and the rubric on how to grade it.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: That guy took this class su- up in Kentucky.
1: Super, super smart.
0: He was really absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I cannot tell you how grateful I am to have sat in his final class of English because I had no idea then that I would go on to be an English major and teach English. But I do know that whatever I was going to do afterwards, I would nail the writing because of that man. Right. right. Hardest class I've ever taken outside of a math class. <laughs> right. Right. OK. So what I love about
1: Renskew is that it gives you some concrete ways to to start an essay. You yeah. Know, you're not just your mind's not fly, floating in nebulousness, if that's even yeah, a word. Yeah. Can I use a nebulousness sure. in a I think you can make yeah. Shakespeare
0: made up words all the okay, time. Good.
1: All the time. That would be a great um, Scrabble word, too. Nebulousness.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, who's gonna but I would debate it, it because by then it has to be in a dictionary. Of course you would debate yeah. it. Of course you so, would. So, all but right. But it's a great way to... When there's rules. <laughs> <laughs> Anarchy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great way to use some... Um, solid concrete examples in your yes essay.
0: So let me walk you through what in the world am I even talking about when I say RENSQ. So RENSQ is an acronym of a really cool place to start and it's R E N N S Q Q and I'm going to break it down for you. So RENSQ, if you're writing this down, if you're in my class, I've got a handout. I think if you're in If you're Professor <S-E-W>. in Professor Parker's class, <S-E-W>. you've,
1: class already, you've already gone over it once. Y- yes. But you'll be revisiting it. So well, listen up.
0: I actually ask my students when I'm in class, I make them memorize this and I quiz them and I drill them over and over again. And usually at the end of the year, I always ask them, what was the most important thing you learned in my class? And it's either the the rhetorical appeals or it's Renskew. So let me tell you what Renskew is. Reasons, examples, names, numbers, sensory words, questions and quotations, right? Dr. Ellis would drill me on this over and over our entire class we would walk in, and say, get out a piece of paper, define Renskew. And like, we really had to know them. And um, and I just thought it was so ridiculous. I'm never going to use this again outside of this class. And here I have made an entire career out of his Renskew. <laughs> I wish I could find him. Like, I really, he's probably, he's probably passed on by now. But I mean, if he only knew, if he mm. only knew how transformative this one silly little English lesson was for me. Right. But it really was. So reasons, examples, names, numbers, sensory words, questions, and quotations. These are the Lego blocks of building your masterpiece of an essay. So anytime a professor says, I have an assignment for you, especially if it's grounded in something like research, this is where you begin. You take out a piece of paper and you write this column, R-E-N-N-S-Q-Q, right? and now you have a starting place because i don't know about you but sometimes i sit down and i'm given a topic i'm not expecting Mm -hmm. right especially if it's in something like science or history well this is my roadmap the first thing i need to do are find reasons right then i need examples then i'm going to look for names i'm going to look for numbers i'm going to look for sensory words i'm going to ask questions to get my research started or have some questions that i want the people Who are reading my essay to consider and then i'm going to look for quotations because if you're in my classes you know i'm really big on textual evidence and it's really not just me it's any professor who is asking you to write on something is going to say you show me where this is show me where this is coming from um because that's you know we talked a little bit about argument and i talked about this uh with with my students before you know arguing in academia is, you know, making a claim and supporting it with evidence or, you know, your details. And the reason we do that is because doing so is defending it or bringing truth. And that's the real goal I think of an argument is to bring truth, to expose some kind of truth,
1: mm-hmm. right? Right, and and you know, truth can be a little subjective too. Sure. Because your truth and my truth may be a little bit different,
0: mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm.
1: but I can back it up. I can back up my truth. Can you back up your truth?
0: Yeah, and I'm going to do it with Rinskew because, right. and here's the thing. So let's say we have some kind of claim. We're talking, like I told you, the very first essay I had to write was mm-hmm. something with technology, right? And so so let's talk about social media. Right. Let's say you're given a, you know, some some essay on social media. You need to write a paper on social media. Now there's a million things you can do with social media because that's such a broad topic, right. right? Right. So I might start playing around with some different types of claims. Where would you start with something like social media? Like if you, I mean, what goes through it, your mind immediately?
1: I would, I would um, think about the value of it. Either, okay. You know, my claim would either be social media is amazing because of mm-hmm. with three examples, or mm-hmm. um, social media is the end of the world because mm-hmm. of. Three reasons. So, my
0: first thought would be value.
1: You know, right? I, I would attribute some value. To
0: okay, this. so I think that's a great thing to do. You can, I mean, there's so many different things you can do. So, find one thing that you're kind of interested in, and let that be your your starting point. Right. You may find, and and this is something, uh, you know, I really have learned about myself as a writer, that my first idea is not always my best idea. And that through the actual writing process is when I find out what I really want to talk about. It may be on page four or five of a five-page essay.
1: But, you know, I even have students today on a Zoom call. We talked about their example essay, and, and they're doing that right now. They're, yeah. One of them is changing her thesis statement because she couldn't really make that last mm-hmm. paragraph work. Yes. She felt like she was kind of repeating herself or becoming redundant. So she's going to change the last part of her thesis statement and, and add
0: that to her essay and... and
1: you're right. Yes. Your, your, first, your first thoughts are rarely the best thoughts.
0: So here's the really super cool thing about writing. When you're having a debate with someone and you start you know, with your verbal vomit of <laughs> all of your information, it's really hard to go back and say, oh, you know what, never mind. Actually, right. I'm going to argue this side. But in writing, they don't know right. all the steps that have taken place before you get to that idea, that beautiful, brilliant idea.
1: You just have to use
0: the backspace. Yeah, you're just like, nah, well, I'll highlight the whole section and delete it. Like, this is all bad. Um, and that happens a lot, you know. Like, writing is taking the step of faith, right? One word after another as you figure something out. You, you know, might start with brainstorming and throwing it all over. I start with the Renskew because it gives me some something to think about,
1: Focus. right? Yeah. It really helps you focus on one topic.
0: So if we're going to argue something like social media is good for you or bad for you, well, we have to start with some research. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look for reasons. Why is social media good and why is social media bad?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I need three. And if I can get some kind of, you know, three reasons, then I'm working in a pretty, a pretty good space. Right. Hopefully I can get all three on one side. So there are times that I see the value of another position. Right. And this is the importance of an even better argument because I can anticipate the counter argument of what I'm writing because I've already done the research. Right. Rather, I am for social media or against social media. It doesn't matter. I need to know both sides of this issue to anticipate that other side so I can make sure that my truth is much better supported than their truth. Right.
1: Right. Well, and I think if if we're being real, mm-hmm. most issues are not so linear. They're not all right. right or all wrong, all black or all white. There's some kind of truth yes. both ways. Yes. So maturity is really being able to say, hey, I, I agree more like this personally, but I do see that there's some merit in someone
0: else's opinions. So if right. If we could get everybody on board with that, we would have a much oh nicer world. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We would have a much nicer world. That would be called heaven. (laughs) It's a utopian idea. Okay, so once I have those reasons, then I start looking for examples. I want to find some stories or some cases uh, that are showing that if I'm in science, I'm going to look for some specific data. You know, maybe I'm looking at social media effects on the brain. Well, I need to find some case studies, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm looking at does social media increase depression, well, then I'm going to look for stories of people telling their experience and sharing right. their own narratives about that, right? right. Um, so I'm going to look for examples because those examples are really going to start beefing up my reasons. Here's the reason and here's, here's an example of that reason, right? right? right. Um, the next thing I want to do is I want to look for names. And when I say names, I mean experts. This is, you know, if you're in my class, you know I'm, I'm big on rhetoric and the three rhetorical appeals, which are logos, pathos, and ethos. Well, ethos is when you establish credibility. And since we don't have any in a 1301 class, right, I'm just going to let you know right now, I hate to disappoint you. You are not an expert in anything, right? Um, but that's okay, because you can borrow the credibility of someone else, right? I borrow these definitions from Dr. Ellis. I borrow my rhetorical definitions from Aristotle because while I do have a master's degree in rhetoric, um, I don't know everything. I still don't know everything. And I'm still, I mean, come on. Who better to provide the definitions of these claims than the actual expert who wrote about rhetoric in the first place?
1: And I love that quote, um, standing on the shoulders of giants.
0: Yes. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing, right? Yes, yes. We're using all this
1: great research or um information that's been given to us and we're just taking it to the next level right because right. we haven't had to get the low stuff we can move forward mm-hmm. in it so
0: so don't leave <clears throat> social media if this is your topic don't leave your topic um just floating out there tie it down to an expert you know start brainstorming who are the big names you even know in social media i'm thinking mark zuckerberg i'm thinking zuckerberg yeah. right even steve jobs mm-hmm. right uh,
1: who started Instagram?
0: Uh, well, Facebook owns it. So, th- I mean, Facebook owns everything at this point. Does it <laughs> matter? Um, so I would I would want to start looking there. So if I've got Mark Zuckerberg, already I've got one of the big people that have, you know, worked within social media. But I also want to start looking for psychologists that have studied mm-hmm. this. I want to, you know, dig a little bit deeper, look into scientists, look into the engineers, the people behind it. Who are the experts? And who are the most well-known people that are writing about social media? So like for me, I happen to like Nicholas Carr who wrote a book called The Shallows and is essentially a book asking is the internet dumbing us down, mm-hmm. right? So, but he's a very well-known person. And if you do a quick Google search, you're gonna find who are these top people writing about social media? And you're gonna see their names over and over again. You're gonna be able to figure out who who has credentials to speak. Right. Right. So get the names because those names are already going to make your essay look a lot better. The next thing I want is numbers. Right. So when I'm saying numbers, there's a couple different ways we can do this. The average person spends two hours and 22 minutes on social media.
1: That's a lot of time. Yeah. Okay. Imagine how many great essays could be written.
0: No, that's not even. So let me tell you. (laughs) I, I did an experiment last semester with my students before we were, you know, online when we had a face-to-face class. And I asked them, take out your phones and move over, like, do the little screen swipes so you can see the average use of time. How much time do you spend? And we had a contest, like, who wins, right? Just guess.
1: Well, I know for me, I'm about an eight-hour user a day. Okay. But that's on my whole iPhone. So yes. Well, and that's what yeah, we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm an eight-hour a day.
0: So I had students that had upwards of 13 hours a day on oh. their phone. Oh. Yeah, and but they didn't realize it until they sat down. So if you're listening to this podcast, just pause it for a second, take out your phone, and look and see how much time are you spending on your phone. Mm-hmm. Because two hours and 22 minutes is averaging in all these people like me who don't use social media. <laughs> right? Right. So there's other people who are using a lot of social media. Um, 66% of children who use social media have an increased depression rate. Wow. 66%. So you can kind of get an idea of what I'm doing with my numbers here. I want dates, right? I want stats. I want to know how much money is made, uh, you know, off social media advertising. I want those numbers because that is also establishing credibility. So when we say that truth is subjective, well, those numbers may not be so much, right? Right, And that's where I'm really just taking something that I believe, if I'm saying, I think social media is overused in America, right? That's my claim and that's my own truth. And people can say, yeah, but I connect with my family. This is how I know the concerts are going on. I wouldn't know a thing about COVID (laughs) without this. you know, my job is to start presenting information that makes you sit there and nod your head and saying, oh, okay. Well, I
1: see your side. I think you have to be careful with your numbers too, that you, you pick resources that are credible. Yes. You know, because
0: this is why you have to go to those experts. Yeah. Do not pull your numbers from a meme. Exactly. Right. (laughs) I mean, we laugh about this, but
1: or entertainment tonight or, you know, some of those kind of sources. Those aren't academic sources, for sure no
0: and and the thing is is we're so guilty of them. i i saw i used this uh one tweet i pulled from donald trump who had tweeted a meme and it had a bunch of statistics but that meme was fake it was fake news so even like someone sitting in the presidency is susceptible to falling for fake news (laughs) use fake news but i mean anybody can anybody can fall for it sure anybody can fall for it You know, I mean, we're all susceptible to fake news because people are really, really good at it. And when they're throwing out those numbers, it's easy for us to buy into it. Um, But still go find credible numbers. Sensory words. This is when I want to start writing within the actual language of the field that I'm in. If I'm a scientist, I want to use scientific terms. If I'm a psychologist, I want to use terms in psychology in my field. If I'm writing in literature, I want to make sure I'm using words like archetypes and, you know, story arcs. I'm using those sensory words that are within the field that I'm writing in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, The next thing, questions, we talked about this. Is Google making us stupid? That's what Nicholas Carr is saying. Right. What do you think? Do you think it's making us stupid? (sighs) honest I I mean I can
1: I can argue it both ways yeah I mean I think think of all the information that is at our fingertips you know when I was growing up and I had a question I'd ask my dad who would in turn say go get the encyclopedia and pull Mm -hmm. it up and for those of you don't know what an encyclopedia (laughs) is It was a big book of information. Several books. Yeah, several. You had
0: to to know your alphabet pretty well.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And now I can Google it, especially if I know where to go to get the information. Right. Right. I can see some benefits, but I also have a ten-year-old, and everything she reads or watches, she thinks is truth. So she'll come up with these. Oh please! My parents think that.
0: My parents think that they read it on the internet. It must be true. Exactly. You know. So uh yeah, there's lots of great memes. And I know most of you guys know that's not true, but um, you know, I I don't know. I, I think that the internet is such a rich source of information and when I do begin research, you're gonna have professors tell you, don't ever go to Wikipedia. Guys, I start at Wikipedia. Absolutely. I start at Wikipedia, then I scroll down to the very bottom and I look at all those resources. And that's a tip right there because they're already doing some of the research for you. Most of those are credible and you can use those, but you can't use Wikipedia as an actual source in your papers.
1: I sometimes go to easy ways. I'll just Google easy ways to understand. Whatever Something complex. Comes,
0: yeah. Some kind of.
1: But that's honestly. Then at least I get an idea of what I need to use. Yes. To, yes. To Google. So, yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, um, you know, Melissa and I were talking about Marxism before the class, because I told her I took a class once and the, the entire text that we used was arguing for Marxism. Well, I mean, I didn't study Marxism inside out. I started at Wikipedia. What exactly is Marxism? I mean, I, I've heard of it. I know it's oh, it's bad. It's Stalin. It's Mussolini. It's Hitler. And... and I'm laughing because I
1: don't even understand all the tenets of it. I'd have to go back, research it. But that's where you start. Before I'd even have an argument. Or that be, is be absolutely able to normal. Discuss it with Heather.
0: So, no, but that's absolutely right. normal. So, when you hear something and you're like, what in the world is she talking about? Aristotle and rhetoric. Uh, go to Wikipedia. Start there. Right. There's no shame in starting building a block, a foundation. You have to start Annie- somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, absolutely. I did
1: my uh, doctorate in business administration. I mean, there was so much math in it that I had to go. And look at the vocabulary word before I could even know how to do the problem. Yeah. Because I didn't even know what the, the words mean. I don't mean. know what you're yeah. asking me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. My son actually just showed me like this little meme. He's in statistics right now. Uh-huh. And he's like, it's probably too late for me to ask what this and this mean. <laughs> because he's like halfway through the class. <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah. So... All right, so you want to have some questions, questions that you're asking about the research and some questions you might want to leave for your reader to consider. I don't do a lot of questions for my reader because I think rhetorical questions are weird. Um, So if you're starting off an essay, what is social media? Um, (laughs) Don't, just don't do that. Don't, just take that, just take that question off and start answering. Yeah, we don't have to back it up. And I know a lot of, you know, Uh, composition teachers are just starting there because you are starting to put words on and that's fine if you start there, but take it off in your editing process because Mm -hmm. you should answer it. Your your essay should be well-researched enough that you can explain it to someone. All right, last thing, quotations. Find good quotations to support your position throughout your paper. Right. Right When you're reading and you find that bam quote, oh my gosh, what you really only have like seven seconds of memory after you know right. using the internet, I don't know I'm, I' just I totally I made th- that up, but
1: Facebook is for old people Facebook is
0: for old people
1: <laughs> that's not, that's totally uh peer resourced, right?
0: yeah, peer that's re- funny I don't know that's I definitely have... what my uh, teenage daughter would say they won't they won't get on there, but um and it, it probably they're probably true. Yes, definitely they're, not yeah. cool. It's for us old people. It is for old people that want to talk about politics all day. <laughs> right? Oh, here's a statistic. Only 3% of all Twitter tweets are actually about politics. This quotation and a statistic. Wow. 40% are hashtags.
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: 30% are entertainment.
1: I would have thought more entertainment than even thirty percent.
0: I would have thought more politics. Only three percent are talking about it, but it's the, the the problem is is like you have people like you know Barack Obama who are, have such huge followings, right? Mm-hmm. Millions and millions of people who are talking politics, so the exposure is so big, even though the actual tweets themselves are very small mm-hmm. in number. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, very, very yeah, interesting. very interesting. All right, guys. So Renskew, reason, examples, names, numbers, sensory words, questions, and quotations start there. And your essays will be awesome. Have a great day.